Leafs drop game one to the Panthers. I'll explain what worried me about tonight's performance and things I think Toronto can clean up heading into game two. All this and more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the May 3rd edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. If you're an everydayer who listens to the podcast, you know this, but if you're new to the show, Locked on Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also catch us on YouTube as well. That's Locked on Lease on YouTube. Hit subscribe. New content coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. And today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Actually, I had a buddy reach out to me today and said, "Hey, appreciate the Game Time uh, twenty dollars off. I actually used it to go to the game today." So I go, people are using it. So definitely go use the code locked on NHL and uh, perhaps get yourself down there for game number two. And hopefully game number two goes better than game number one did, because obviously by now we know what happened. The Maple Leafs fall four to two to the Florida Panthers and uh, they trail in the series one game to nothing. What'd you take away from tonight's game, Dave? It's frustrating, really frustrating to see, you know, losing again to start a series. Like that's not a trend you want to continue throughout the playoffs. So um, somebody brought up that I don't know if you saw that video of the um, the dog that was predicting the corgi. The corgi. Oh, yeah. I'm not much. I, I I wasn't sure how there what what type of dog it was. And did they predict Florida? It predicted game Florida one. to win game one. But then they predicted Toronto to win in, in six. six. I think right. Yeah. So so far. So far, the, the Corgi is correct. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had so many people message me saying the Corgi was correct. I'm just like, what? And then I finally looked at the video. I'm like, yep, it's, it's going to be one of those, uh, one of those like uh, people are just going to blame the dog for what goes right or wrong for the least. But I it's like Maggie the monkey back in the day. Remember Maggie the yep. monkey on TSN sitting on the draft lottery? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm glad that people are uh, using the dog as the excuse for the Leafs, how they came out tonight and played tonight, because, yeah, it's a dog's fault that the Leafs just... It, it's it's getting a little... Sometimes it gets predictable when they have performances like this, where... So what specifically bothered you, though, Dave? Because I, I actually didn't mind the start. I thought the first 10 mm-hmm. minutes, they actually controlled play. They drew yep. a couple of penalties. And they didn't score on those power plays, obviously. But I thought they had some really good looks. It seemed as though, you know, Toronto was giving Florida a little bit too much to handle the first 10 minutes. And then the script kind of flipped where the Panthers started to take control of the game in the back half of the period. Is that what you're referring to? Just kind of how the script 
flipped pretty quickly in Florida. Yep. Then I took a stranglehold of that. That's what we're referred to. Well, you know that when you're going to get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and things are going to go your way, eventually things turn to the other team's favor, you know, favor. And you have to be prepared for when that, that script flips. And it wasn't the fact that the, again, it's not the fact that the Leafs, the Panthers did a lot of things right. It was that the Leafs did a lot of things wrong. Like the first goal, defensive zone coverage. What is it? The Leafs still don't know what it is, unfortunately. Like, and Nick Cousins, I'm glad, I'm glad he's, he celebrated that like a Stanley Cup winning goal, by the way. Just, you just got to love that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, like that, the first goal, you're just like, what are guys doing? Like, who's accounting for who? And why does it have to turn into the war of 1812 when you're defending in your own zone? Yeah, a lot of puck watching going on on uh, on that play, and then even even Mitch Marner, who we'll yeah. talk about it in a little bit, but nominated for the Selkie today. He's a Selkie finalist, one of the top three defensive forwards in the entire NHL. And go look at what he does on that play. Just a little, you know, little tries to to put his stick out in front of Kachuk as if he's waving a wand or something like it's a magic trick, and Kachuk just says, "Okay, I'll walk right past you," and it takes yeah. a shot on goal. And then no one picks up the the man at the side of the net, and it's an open cage rebound goal for for Nick Cousins. Exactly, it it, it, it was something that uh, Sheldon Keefe. You know, I was at the game. I went to the press conference afterwards, and it was you know a couple. Of, you look at most of those goals, and a lot of them, you know, he could point to and say, you know, similar to how he proclaimed after game one, some very uncharacteristic things were happening. Like that was one. You look at the game winning goal by Verhage. I mean, they they for the most part, kept Tampa Bay in front of them, right? They were mm-hmm. on top of pucks, and they didn't get a whole lot off the rush, Tampa. Um, there was a couple, obviously. But, you know, they had said that the game plan, when Verhaggy was on the ice, keep him in front of you because he, more than anybody on that team, can pick his corner, and lo and behold, he gets his shot on a rebound, on a, on a breakaway, picks his corner, turns out to be the game winner. So, you know, there was kind of faults being given on each and every one of those goals that the Maple Leafs uh, did end up giving up and, you know, some uncharacteristic play. I thought that Florida, though, played pretty well. Like, as as much as you want to put this blame maybe on Toronto, I thought that Florida kind of played, just played a sound game, and they kind of took it to Toronto. And that Matt Kachuk line in particular, I thought, was just buried Toronto in their own end the entire night. Didn't matter who the hell they threw against him to try and shut down that line. They didn't really have much of a, you know, much of a, uh, an answer there. Like Kachuk ends up with three apples. That dude's going to be a problem in this series. Let me tell you. Yeah, he is. And, you know, I appreciate Sheldon Keith trying different things to try to neutralize him. Having the fourth line play a good portion against it was just not, like not something you want to see. And I understand that at times in the last series, uh, the fourth line neutralized Tampa's top line. But like if it, if I just don't know how many times you can go to the well with that, eventually good players figure out ways to beat, you know, beat on players that are not as good as them. And that's exactly what that Kachuk line did. So that, that was very unfortunate there too, because like, you know, as good as Matthew Kachuk is, you know, when you look at the 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 I guess the dispersion of talent 
on both the Leafs and the Panthers. The Leafs should have the edge in that. But it didn't seem like that, especially at, you know, once the 10 minute mark passed and Florida started to get their legs together. And then in the third period, it just felt like disorganized chaos. Ta- you know, Florida played a very sound game. They were suffocating Leafs. They weren't giving the Leafs much of a chance to really do much, especially in their own zone. They were on top of them. As you mentioned, you know, something the Leafs were needed to do a better job of being on top of players on Florida. And, and the Leafs just, it looked like they were just out of it, out of gas at the end there when they were trying to get, you know, trying to get back in the game. They just didn't have it at the end there and credit Florida. Cause they wore them down quite a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, you could definitely kind of see that the, that team was, was a little winded by the end of it. And, and they were out there for a couple of long shifts too. And, you know, you got O'Reilly taking a, you know, stick to the face and cutting them open, seeing blood pour down his face. He did look like a playoff warrior though. I'll say that mm-hmm. definitely a cool vibe. He was giving off uh, when that happened. But just to go back to the the dominance of Matthew Kachuk, I'm just going to read off his stat line and then the underlying numbers that accompanied it as well. Kachuk tonight, three assists, a plus two, three shots on goal, nine hits, extremely physical. Took a couple of big, big licks himself, I will say, yeah. and played uh, over 20 minutes of ice time. But you look at his numbers at five on five, and this is when you can really tell how dominant that line was. Whenever he was out there on the ice, it just seemed like the puck was always in the in the Leafs' end. He outshot his opposition thirteen to five when out there on the ice, two to one um, in actual goals, and sixty nine percent of the expected goals ended up in favor of Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers, which basically makes sense. Two to one, it's about you know two thirds. Uh, and when you look at the uh, the high danger chances, five generated high danger chances. When he was out there on the ice, 11 total, which obviously led uh, all Florida Panthers tonight. So, you know, like this guy was was all over the place. He was such a handful and they got to figure out a way to to uh, to to stop him in game two, because, dude, when that guy gets going like that, he can legitimately bring this team uh, very, very far. I mean, he's a big reason why they ended up beating the Boston Bruins and He's a big reason why they're up one nothing in the series against the Leafs. The other big reason is uh, Sergei Vasilevsky. No, uh, uh, Bobrovsky. Yeah, no, I, to be honest, that that was Sergei Vasilevsky in that tonight. I, I first I thought you were like I wasn't sure if you were being serious with the Sergei Vasilevsky. Well, I was trying I to make a joke. To be honest, I said Sergei Vasilevsky on purpose, hoping yeah. you would. Oh, you know, I, I did to it, but you sat there, and I was like, "Okay, you ruined the joke." Oh no, no, I got it. I was, I was kind of going with the. Huh. I should have done the huh huh at the end there, but like, yeah, like I, I, I was, I mentioned in a couple of group chats. You know who I, did like I, the joke? By the way, you know who did like the joke? Who did? Jay Onright, because I guess he posted it on one of his boards. <laughs> I made the tweet. I made the tweet. I said, found Vasilevsky, guys. He's wearing a Bobrovsky sweater tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Holy moly. And basically, yes. Like, Bobrovsky yeah. was unbelievable tonight, especially late in that game. And the Leafs were pouring it on, trying to come back down, too. I said in a couple group chats, I don't know if I mentioned in the Discord, um, did, like, did he sacrifice a goat or something going into the playoffs? 
I, I mentioned to a few people that, like, uh, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky, the reason why I felt like the Bruins were in trouble was because I said, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky's getting himself going. Got to watch it here. And someone's like, why should the Bruins or anybody be worried about Bobrovsky? They brought up his stat line. I'm just like, yeah, he's giving up goals, but he's making the saves that he needs to make in crucial parts of the game. That save on Marshawn that saved their season, quite literally. Yes. Right? Like, yeah, you know, he's not he's not having the Vasilevsky where he's getting shutouts. But I'm sure the Leafs were pretty uh, frustrated when, you know, they had great scoring chances. And look, a few went off the post. You look at that final minute alone. I think I counted like three goals they could have scored. But Dude, Nylander, Nylander had an unreal opportunity just kind of, you know, uh, going east-west sliding to the, to his left. Made a big-time stop with the pads. Like, that was that was a save, man. Like, that was where it's like, oh, it's – we're gonna get this Bobrovsky, are we now? Oh, okay, okay, all right. That's uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> like, yeah, that was kind of my reaction when I saw him make uh, a couple of, of really big key saves, especially late in that game. Yeah, and and that's something the Leafs are gonna have to figure out. They can't let Bobrovsky get settled in. No, absolutely not. What they're gonna have to do, I think, is get more second and third opportunities. I don't think yeah. they did that enough tonight. No, there didn't. was chances. It's not like his rebound control was elite tonight, by the way. There were chances, but Florida did a pretty good job of, you know, stopping um, Toronto from getting those tying guys up or Toronto doing some, also some kind of some, uh, some drive-bys, I think at, at, at times, but there were some opportunities for them to just get some, some easy tap-ins, I guess, if they would have just, were able to get the puck off off uh, off their stick and finish, but didn't happen. Didn't happen tonight. And Bobrovsky made a couple of big time saves as well. Even though like he lost his stick, and I'm like, uh oh. And then somehow makes a miraculous glove save. It's like, what the hell, man? Are you kidding me? It was insane. Um, so yeah, Vasilevsky, Makachuk, those guys were unreal tonight for Florida. Uh, big reason why they pull ahead in the series, one nothing with uh, with the victory. Uh, tonight. Um, let's take a quick break. When we get back, let's go through the good, the bad, and the ugly from a Maple Leafs perspective. Spent a lot of time, you know, talking about the good that Florida did. Well, Toronto, there was some good, but there was also some bad and, and a couple of ugly things to note as well from the game. So we'll do that all on the other side. But first, let me tell you about one of uh, one of our show sponsors, and that's Game Time. Buy tickets to your favorite event. Should it be stressful? Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, or theater. Anywhere you want to go with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and just start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. You can get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through that email. Snag the tickets without any stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave 
Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Lease. If you're brand new to the podcast, thank you so much for giving us a shot. Hopefully that you enjoy it. We'll be here five days a week, Monday through Friday, delivering you the most up-to-the-minute Leafs content with some in-depth analysis. So if that's what you're looking for on this playoff run, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Lease. And hey, if you're already subscribed and you're an everydayer, thanks so much for also coming uh, coming on this journey with us. It's, it's uncharted territories here. Round two, Dave. Round two. It's it's the first time in Locked On Leafs history. I've been doing this for four years now. It's the first time that we've been into round two. So, you know, uncharted territory. All right. Um, round two, though, game one was not a happy result for Leafs fans, obviously. Uh, they end up falling in this one, and they now trail the series one game to none. Let's talk about some of the good, though, that we did see out of Toronto tonight. There were a couple of things that I noted, but I want to get your thoughts first. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see the Michael Bunting get on the goal sheet. I thought that was a beautiful goal and should have given the Leafs new life, right? Get back into the game. and Well, it did, realistically. Until, obviously, the, the not too long after, Carter Hagee decides to scoop around the defense and get the three, two goal. But no, I thought, I thought it was a heads up play by him, you know, go to the net. He was He kind of got lost coming off the bench and goes right to the net and scores. But I mean, the big goal that I had, I mean, before Matt, we move on, before we move on, okay. did, uh, did the television broadcast do the Sally justice? For not, not, not really. Oh, I thought the celebration was awesome go straight to the corner and just like hands up in the air go straight to the uh to the to the glass and just sits there does one of these like that's right toronto and just right in front of all the fans right there in the corner glass it was awesome uh but i believe you were gonna get to one rookie out of Arizona, who scored his first NHL goal tonight yeah it's uh it's funny because you watch the play uh, where score, Florida scores um, to go up 2 nothing, And then, you know, Matthew Nyes is getting a little bit of grief because it went off his stick. Didn't really make the best play, you know, in the defensive zone. 11 seconds later, like Austin Matthews with eyes on the back of his hand just, like, uh, gives it to Nyes. And what I loved about the play was he messes up but doesn't give up. And you're not like just just not giving up on the play and finding a way to score a goal that, you know, I don't care how they it's like I'm one of those. I don't care how it looks as long as it goes in. And I'm glad that he stuck with the play and was able to get that goal because it was an important goal. I think it was due for a goal. I think Matt Nyes has been making some great plays, especially in the offensive zone. He's been, you know, showing a lot of, you know, strength, his strength as as a young player. Yeah. So it was nice to see him get rewarded because he definitely deserved that one. Well, it's funny because the one that he, he had the opportunity in the first period, which would have been even sicker. It was still a between the legs type of type of maneuver. And then when he actually scored his goal, it was the same thing. It was like between the legs and just kind of like shoveled it in. And he was asked post game, he's like, "Do you do that often?" He's like, "No, I just kind of it's where I had the puck and and I just kind of did it." <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well. You can keep doing that, I guess, if you're going to be scoring goals that way. But, yeah, I thought Matthew Nyes, uh, for sure, you know, getting his first NHL goal was awesome. I thought that uh, the crowd really 
gave some appreciation to to Nyes, but man, dude's been unreal. He had one play too where he was back checking pretty hard, and he ends up popping the uh, popping the stick and, and literally ripping the puck off of the Florida forward and kind of turned up ice and it turned into another scoring chance for Toronto. Um, so I thought Matthew Nyes, uh, you know, again keeps impressing game after game after game. Uh, I thought you mentioned Austin Matthews. Thought he played really well tonight. Um, you know, he he had a lot of really good looks, especially early on. It seemed like he was dancing. And I thought he was destined to score, and he had some really good opportunities, especially in the um, in the slots and and on the power play. But dude, Bob's in that blocker all night long, just kept kind of getting a piece of whatever Matthews was firing on net. And you know, God tip your cap to Bobrovsky. He was he was on it, man. He could really. Really, he was tracking those pucks well tonight, and unfortunately, it didn't result in any goals for Austin Matthews. But I did think that he had a pretty stellar game, both uh, and on, on both ends of the ice um, for the most part. Uh, but what I wanted to also give a good to, um, it's it's a half good. The physicality, the big booming hits that we saw, you know, we saw a couple from McCabe, Morgan Riley. Laid an unbelievable open ice body check, but all kind of got started with Luke Shen on, on Mac and Chuck, right? And from there, it just seemed like it was infectious and everybody else wanted to get in on the party and start laying these big, thunderous open ice body checks. And, um, you know, obviously you, you want to keep up that physical play. Where it's only half good and the bad kind of creeps in is when it, it seemed like at times Jake McCabe maybe was chasing the big hit and you know found himself at a position i didn't think he had a particularly strong game uh i think he was a dash three actually um on the ice for for all well three of the goals i guess um but you look at the verhaggy one specifically you know he makes that big hit and then tries to kind of jump up into the rush and he ends up at a position turnover puck goes the other way to verhaggy who's now in all alone and that becomes the uh, the, the game-winning goal there. So, you know, you could be physical, right? Keep up the physicality. I love it. it. The fans love it. This this town always has loved the big, booming physical hits. But just make sure you're not getting out of position, right? Don't prioritize making the hit. Mm-hmm. Um, prioritize making the play often. Yeah. So that's the one kind of caveat I'll say to the physical play is uh, don't make it the priority, but if you have a chance, you get a, you know an opportunity to put a lick on someone. And it's not going to put you in a bad spot. Um, you know, do it. Don't don't you know cop out. Lay the hit. Uh, what else? What, what was what was bad for you tonight, Dave? I wasn't a fan of William Nylander's game at points in this one. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a little screenshot here from our, our friend of the show, Nick Richard. Beauty. Love the play when he started. Where Dude, he- I know exactly what you're going to show me because I was up there. I was watching it with uh, my co-host, actually. Pierre Lebrun was beside me, and my co-host, Elise Lunch Julia, right next to me. I had the exact same thought, dude. Like, the pull-up, I'm like, dude, just take it. Put your shoulder down and take it to the freaking net. The amount of times that he did this in this game, at least three times, maybe even four times, where I'm like, dude, just take it to the net. What are you doing? He obliter- I don't know who it was that he sent to the next hemisphere with the with the spin move. Like you you basically eliminate a player, you deleted a player off the ice with your spin move, 
And then he decides to hold up to wait for other guys to catch up to him. I don't know. And I'm, and I'm like, you're trailing. You are trailing in this game. You don't have the luxury to make the, you know, the, the, you know, the plays that, you know, like trying to retain possession for some reason. I felt like that's what he was trying to do or hoping somebody was going to come on a two on one or something. Like, I don't know what the thought process was there. I don't know either, man. I mean, do, do you want to play? Is it a gif? Are you playing the? No, I'm just doing the screenshot because I just wanted to show how ridiculous it was that this ended up not being a goal. Luckily, not too long yeah. after, Michael Bunting did score to tie the game. But like, there are many moments like this in the game where I think, in, and you saw it late in the third period where he goes and skates in. He has a length and that pokes the puck forward. And he just drives through guys. Dude. And I'm just like, it's there. He had, there was open ice for him. I think there was a lane, maybe not. He was on the ice. I'm sure he could tell a little bit better than me. But from my vantage point, it was in the third period, about midway through. It looked like he was building up enough speed where I, I legitimately feel like he could have split the D. I, I thought there was an opportunity for him mm-hmm. to split the D and take it hard to the net. And, and he didn't. Um, yeah, the, the, Lack of assertiveness from William Nylander tonight to me that was that was that's also in my bad category. So we're both uh, two peas in a pot on that one. I want to see way more assertiveness from William Nylander because you know Ray Ferraro was on overdrive today, former NHLer, terrific mind of the game, calls it uh, color analyst on ESPN, and he said that he believes William Nylander can can be an X factor in this series. Because there's not many teams that, you know, their third best offensive weapon has the the talent that Nylander has. Yeah. You know, there's some teams in the NHL where their top talent doesn't even equate to what Nylander can bring you. Um, so to have that type of secondary scoring, and we'll call that secondary with Matthews and Marner being the primary scorers, you know, to have that that second wave of offense is is special if he actually puts it all together like he's yeah he's got to actually actively go out there and be assertive and take the puck to the net don't be so passive with your stop-ups it's just oh it's insane to me insane sometimes but yeah that actually grinded my gears a little bit as well um what else did uh, did you have in your bad category or did you want to move on to the uglies um, bad, you know, I thought Brody and McCabe, like there were some good moments, but there was also the bad moments, right? Like the Verhage goal, you have McCabe pinching down. So Brody's kind of on his own defend the play. He goes for the puck, not realizing he doesn't have the support behind him. And at least that goal for Verhage, like there's gotta be better awareness. And like, there's times in this playoffs where Brody just hasn't looked very good. And they yeah. need. Like, you're wondering, and where people are wondering, why is Matthew Kachuk having this had that dominant performance in Game One? Well, TJ Brody, he's supposed to be the top guy, right? Him and McCabe, that's supposed to be the top shutdown pairing. They didn't really shut much down tonight. Yeah, outshot uh, what nine to five when TJ Brody was out there on the ice. Uh, they, he, you know, he gave up a goal out there on the ice tonight. Um, to give up here five scoring chances on the ice so yeah a couple of uh you know lapses uh, of judgment there and 
the the Verhage goal is obviously the most notable one that that we're talking about here, obviously because it ended up in the back of the net. But you know that was one where he just kind of you know tough rain in the neutral zone, lets him get past him, and you know you let him in there all alone. Uh, and, and that was my ugly, to be honest with you, was letting Verhage walk in all alone on a breakaway and score after you had just grabbed the momentum back from the game. How many times did we talk about how? You know, the Maple Leafs got to stop allowing those response goals. It happened like two or three times in that Tampa series where they would score a goal, and then shortly right after, they would allow Tampa to go in there and score to reply. They had just scored that goal. I think, what, Michael Bunting made it 2-2, and then a minute later, big hit from McCabe. You got goalies go chance, and then about 10 seconds later, it's in the back of the net because you allowed Verhage to get in behind you, and that guy in particular knows how to score and put the puck in the back of the net when he's in on a breakaway one-on-one with a goaltender. That was one of the pre-scout things that Sheldon Keefe said they had talked about was for Haggy in particular, do not let him get past you. Make sure you got six eyeballs on that guy at once and keep him in front of you. And they did not do that. And it resulted in the, you know, the, the, the game winning goal. Yeah, so that was that was bad for me. But I, I mean, the ugly. I know we want to get through to the ugly. The ugly for me was I, I. I thought the power play had prime opportunities tonight, and you know we heard we saw Paul Maurice. At first, I was trying to figure out what Paul Maurice was doing when he did the, yeah, the 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 six, and then I realized oh six six power plays for the Leafs. Oh, I got it. Like it took me a minute to realize that, and like. I thought he was doing Wakanda for a minute. And I'm like, no, nah, I just got the one finger. I don't, I don't know what he's doing either. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you're getting six power play opportunities. Find a way to score one. I know they had some good looks, but it means nothing if if you're not getting one, at least one. If they score one on one of those, we're talking about a different game in a lot of ways, right? And that's something that can't happen in this series if you look at um what in that if you look back at the game seven between the bruins and the panthers panthers are up two nothing they get into penalty trouble because that's the florida panthers and paul maurice was trying to make it seem like toronto was getting calls no the florida panthers were the second most penalized team in the nhl this season so i don't know what he thinks the other 31 times they played other teams so it's funny because Paul Murray spoke on that exact thing uh, in his press conference today, uh, post game, and basically said that last year they were a super penalized team. They built a reputation of being a you know penalized team, and uh, in his opinion, they've cleaned that up. But the reputation's still there. It's kind of like a month Michael Bunting effect, yeah. but team wide for them. In his opinion, so. What he was talking about also was when you look back at the last eight games, they've lost the penalty uh, mar- the penalty margin. They've had a lot more called on them than they've been able to draw. And uh, he he basically is equating it to the Michael Bunting, where it's you know some uh, you know we expect at this point for the opposition to to end up with more calls because. He said uh, it's happened for eight straight games now, so we expect that to be the case. I don't know about you, but when you high stick and slew foot someone on the same play, usually that's gonna get called. And how it didn't get called initially, like the the, the Discord chat was not too pleased, and no. then eventually, eventually it, the right call was made. 
But I mean, I still think there were more calls that could have been made in this game. Like there was some obvious things that I saw. I don't know if you saw anything else or if other people were making any other comments. Yeah, there was a couple like throughout the game where I'm like, oh, that looked like that could have been a hook or that could have been a slash. Actually, there was one slash. I can't remember who it was, but I do vividly remember saying to myself, so y'all called the Giordano hooking earlier in that game, which was the most bogus, softest call of all time. Yet some dude literally hacked the stick out of, uh, was it Nylander's hand, I want to say? And, you know, no no call. And yeah, like, oh, I, it okay. was definitely Neil. Yeah, that was one I just went. Yeah, okay. Like, they, it was almost like they, the refs didn't want to make it seem like they were going to be calling everything. And it's just like, if it's obvious, obvious you got to call the obvious ones at least yeah but i'm not gonna sit here and complain about the officiating i don't think the officiating was not (laughs) not the reason why it was not maple east if anything the officials were probably a little bit more i mean the the leafs got more power plays i mean they got to finish on their power plays that's like it and that just goes back to what your ugly truly is was the power play the fact that they couldn't finish like there's some opportunities they got some good looks you gotta put the puck in the back of the net you know we've been here man we know how important the power play's got to be the last three years when the Leafs faced first round eliminations their combined power play was 14.3 percent that's not a winning formula and when you look at how piss poor this penalty kill is for the for the the I keep on calling the Carolina Panthers for the Florida Panthers they were 59 percent in round one 59 percent kill rate yeah, I was you saying one. you couldn't score one. Like, Golly. they almost lost that game seven to the Bruins because they couldn't stay out of the box. Like it, it's their MO. And I don't know how they uh, gave up 11, 11 power play goals through the seven games. Yeah. Like uh, you, you can't tell me that you know, maybe at some point Vasilevsky come uh, Vasilevsky. Now you got me calling him Vasilevsky. Well, Sergei, I mean, basically was. Yeah. Sergey uh, Bobrovsky Vasilevsky Jr. Um, was uh, like, he's not going to have these performances. I don't think throughout the playoffs. I don't, I think eventually the bounces, the bounces will eventually go the Leafs way. You kind of hope. This, I would tend to agree with you if this was like a random, like if this was Alex Lyon in that tonight, I think I would tend to agree with you. But this is Sergei Bobrovsky, who is a former um, Vesna winner. Like, like he, he has shown a very high level of goaltending for a consistent period. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that does bother me is like, what if fast, uh, what if Bobrovsky, you know, is kind of rolling it back a couple of years to when he was, you know, it's the top goaltender in the NHL. And then it's- I mean, a hot goalie can do wonders for you. Go ask Carey Price with the yep. Montreal Canadiens a few years ago. You know, like Bobrovsky could do very similar things with, you know, Kachuk and Sam Bennett doing what they can do offensively for Haggy. Obviously, they've got Brandon Montour and Ekblad on the blue line. There's some pieces there in Florida. They get hot goaltending. Man, that's 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 tough. And and like they say, your your goaltender is your best penalty killer. So you know, Toronto. I think they got to get multiple looks and multiple shots off. You know, get some rebound opportunities and uh, some more traffic to the front of the net as well. Definitely. Yeah. All right, buddy. 
Uh, we'll take one more quick break. When we get back, the schedule is out for round two. It's a bit of a peculiar one. And uh, Mitch Marner has been nominated for a major award. We'll talk about that as well on the other side. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore. So you listen to the Locked On Lease podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. And just a reminder that today's show is brought to you by a product that I use literally every day. AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens in a glass of water, each day you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, aging, all those things that I mentioned. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Uh, the first game is in the books in this round two series. Um, Montreal, uh, Montreal, the Florida Panthers took it. Uh, by a score of four to two, they lead one game to nil. Uh, the schedule is finally out. The remaining schedule for games three and game four, and we have the dates also for five, six, seven. Should it get that far, um, there was a little bit of controversy here, Dave. So we went to bed last night uh, on Monday without knowing what games three and four what days they were going to be played on and it's weird because they are legitimately games that are going to happen it's not like they're if necessary like these games are happening and the nhl had to figure it out real quick and they didn't figure out exactly when those games were happening until about midday on tuesday five six hours before the series starts until they finally figured it out and a little bit of bad news little bit of bad news. No Saturday night leaves hockey this weekend. They're pushing it to Sunday, Dave. Sunday. Game three. So game one was here tonight in Toronto. We saw it happen. We'll forget about it. Like a goldfish, right? Right? Like a goldfish. Mm -hmm. Memory of a goldfish. Absolutely. Game two going to be Thursday in Toronto. Game three. Little three-day break. Come back on Sunday, Sunday in Florida, 6.30 start time on Sunday, May 7th for game three. Two more days off. And it's a Wednesday, May 10th for game number four. So it's crazy. There's, there's going to be two days off in between games two and three, and then two more days off in between games three and four. And then they go every other day after that with the Friday, Sunday again, and a Tuesday. 
Now, my birthday is May 13th next Saturday, so that actually makes me a little excited because then, you know, I could kind of do whatever. don't have to worry about the game or worry about them breaking my heart like 2013 when the collapse happened on May 13th. So uh won't have to deal with that again. Um, but kind of a dumb sked. Yeah, I w- don't want to make because uh, you're talking about the day. The first off, the early start on the Sunday game for Game Three, and then the three days off in between. I'm trying very hard not to make a Florida seniors joke right now. Um, <laughs> you no, know, the seniors need an extra few days to get themselves, you know, prepared for the after the first game. I don't know if that was going to land, but um, what what was more annoying? I mean, you, I, I would hate for the mothers right now. If this series goes to six games oh, yeah. on Mother's Day, and you're gonna have a Leaf game on Mother's Day, think of the poor mothers NHL. What are you doing? Well, could be a nice victory on Mother's Day. Maybe a a, a, a series advancements on Mother's Day. That could be the could case be. in six games for hopefully the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously. Um, so the reason for it, though, uh, so it's it's the TV networks in the states that that's the reason why we're having um, this weird, wacky schedule. And I know, you know, for us up here in Canada and Toronto, why should we let the the uh, the states dictate, you know, how we watch our hockey, how Saturday night hockey is a fixture in Canadian hockey culture? Um, unfortunately. They swing it a little bit harder down there with TNT and ESPN, and they're able to do you know hold a little bit more weight. And when they're battling with the NBA playoffs, they kind of do have some pull as to when things happen. Apparently, in Florida this weekend, uh, they're playing in Miami, the Heat. So they did not want to overlap games, Miami and the Panthers on the same day they did not want to have overlap so that was kind of the big reason why they decided to uh to, to move it to the sunday and then um also apparently there's uh, an f1 race that's taking place in miami in miami as well so it's a busy weekend in miami um so if they could kind of push the hockey to the end of sunday when all that's kind of over and then they get the wednesday as well i guess it it just kind of frees up the city a little bit more so that they can actually get fans go because we know that they're trying their best to not allow any Maple Leaf fans to get into that building. So maybe by doing it this way, uh, by not overlapping it with the heat game, they could actually get a couple of people to go into their own barn and not rely on the snowbirds and the Canadians who are definitely getting into that building. This is the dumbest thing that I ever heard. Like first and foremost, how many Canadians live in South Florida? Like legitimately, so many Canadians live in the Miami region and that whole, you know, Dade, what is it, Dade County area? Like so many of them. And second of all, there's something called the secondary market. Go to StubHub or better yet, go to our sponsor Game Time to get the tickets. Game Time will sell them to Canadians, people. Go to Game Time. If you want to get your ticks for the Florida Panthers game, you want to go down there. That was the dumbest thing I ever heard when I saw they're trying to limit Canadians from flocking down to support the Maple Leafs 
it ain't going to work. It's still going to be probably at least a 50-50 crowd, if I had to say. Yeah, it's yeah. now they don't want the Canadian support because, you know. Yeah, exactly. It, it's okay the other time of the year where they can't barely even get 10,000 in their own barn. But then when the Canadian teams come, it's like, oh, thank you so much for making sure you support uh, the Panthers there. But also, I got people in the States that can call and say, hey, I need a ticket. Can you just purchase it on your credit card and I'll pay you back? Exactly. You know what else can work? A P.O. box. <laughs> it's legitimately it is not difficult if anybody wants to actually get tickets to go down to the game and you're worried about getting blocked out by this whatever thing that the panthers are trying to do uh, very 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 simple ways to to get around it and get yourself into that building would not be worried about it one iota also scalpers still exist people like at the end, scalpers still exist. It's it's mainly electronic these days, but they still exist. You can still get down there and find your way into that building. Um, so yeah, so that's gonna be the sked for for the rest of the series. You got game two going down Thursday, Sunday will be game three, Wednesday will be game four, game five will be uh what Friday, and then uh and game five will happen, guaranteed, because there's no chance. We know game five is going to happen. That's all we'll say. Game six and seven, man, we'll see. Maybe necessary. Who knows? Maybe Toronto can, you know, have a little gentleman's sweep action. You know what I'm saying? Well, here you go. We'll give you one little cookie, and then we'll kick your ass the rest of the way. I think that's what happens. But, Dave, that'll do it for us here today, pal. That will do it for us here today. We will reconvene tomorrow for game two. Game number two. The Leafs will try and even up the series. Uh, that'll do it for us here today in the podcast. So I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms. You can receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morrisuti. Follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow to, uh, to tee up game number two. Uh, but until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.